Welcome to the IMO podcast. In this episode, we've got two conversations with care leavers. They're talking to us about their experiences of sibling contact. In part one, we hear from Nathaniel, and in part two, we talk to Victoria. Hi, it's Chris with the IMO podcast, and today I am in London with Nathaniel. Now, Nathaniel, we know you through a group called Siblings Together. Is that right? Yes. So tell me, what does Siblings Together do? Siblings Together arrange sibling contact through monthly activity days and summer residential camps. Fantastic. And so tell me, what is your involvement with them now? I am a volunteer for the residential camps and the monthly activity days, and I also attend with my sister. Cool. So what does the volunteering involve? What do you do? It involves going out with the young people, doing activities, getting involved with the young people, making sure that their contact is as fun as possible. Great. Now, some people listening, they might not know what we mean when we're talking about contact. So can you tell us what what just contact means and, and what we're talking about? Contact is when you see your family members on a set day with sometimes it's supervised, sometimes it's not. So who supervises the contact? It could be a social worker, it could be a contact supervisor, it could be a volunteer. So in those contact sessions, what might the activities be? Well, we can, we've done cinema in the past, we've done ice skating, theme parks, attractions in London. And we sometimes hear people talking about contact centres. Is that something different to what Siblings Together does? It can be very different. What does the what does the room look like? What does the building look like? Just give us an idea. It can vary. I'm quite lucky where my one's quite homely. It's not very clinical at all. And it makes you feel very at home, at ease. So presumably we're saying if there's a contact session, then any particular group of siblings, they don't live together at that time. Who decides how much contact that family group get and when? So the people that decide how much contact they have is the social workers and their teams and it can vary from a lot to a little to not at all. And in your situation did you feel that you were getting enough contact or not enough or, or what did what did it feel like for you? Early on it felt like I was getting a lot of contact as I grew up though that amount decreased. And did they say why it was decreasing? Uh, yes they did but difference of opinion what happens when you don't agree then what happens when there is a difference of opinion is how do you get your voice heard so i can go to social worker managers i can go to independent reviewing offices and i'm still not happy there is other places i can go to like um bernardo's bernardo's yeah charities that, that offer support and also the children's commissioner has a helpline called help at hand which uh which young people who are looked after or people with care experience can ring and and kind of get advocacy there as well so this might be a bit of an obvious question, but why is contact between siblings important, do you think? It brings normality back into people's lives. It means that they can grow together and when they eventually leave care, they will have those connections there. How involved were you in the decisions around the contact you have with your, your siblings? When I was younger, I wasn't really involved, but as I grew older, I understood what contact is and the boundaries around that and limitations to that they allowed me to have more say in my contact so did you have any difficulties with contact over the years i still do to this day give me an example of what those difficulties might be 
a few months ago i was given the wrong contact day arrived on the day to be told it's not that day it's in fact tomorrow it's embarrassing it's frustrating makes you angry and upset yeah and it sounds something that could be easily avoided yes because you're looking forward to that date right i guess yeah i am so did you were you able to rearrange it kind of quickly or did you have to wait a longer time before you could schedule it in i was lucky that i could attend the next day so there'll be professionals listening to this what do they need to bear in mind when they're making decisions around contact arrangements with siblings i think the environment in which the contact takes place is very important the more uh friendly the environment the better the contact goes and the better the relationship is between them and what about the frequency it should be as frequent as possible. So what's it like when you guys all get together, when you get together with your siblings? It's fantastic. It's one of the best moments of my month. It is really great. So there'll be people uh, listening to this now who might be in care, who uh, are experiencing kind of contact arrangements, uh, either for the first time or trying to change them. What advice would you give for, for children and young people who um, deal with contact arrangements and, 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 and to make them better for them? They should fight. Fight for what they want, whether the professionals agree or not. If that's what they feel is best for them, then constantly fight for it. So we mentioned earlier siblings together and the camps that they run. What are they like? How often do they happen? How long do they last? Uh, there's a few every year, and they last about five days and six nights, I think it is, and they're just filled with constant back-to-back activities and energy is fantastic and do you then get to meet other children and young people who are going through similar situations yeah all the time every time i go yeah there's children that have gone through or going through the same cool so nathaniel thank you so much for joining us and for talking to us on the imo podcast and we wish you the best of luck thank you very much it's been great being here Hey, it's Chris with the IMO podcast, and today I am talking to Victoria, who is a social media fashion influencer. Am I saying that right? That's correct, yeah. Tell me a bit about that. Uh, well, so I just started in March. Yeah. Um, I do it with like an agency and stuff because I don't know. I've just I looked up up to other influencers and stuff. So yeah. I was just like, it's something I'm interested in, mainly fashion, makeup, and health and beauty. But um, yeah, I'm just doing that for now and then work part-time as well how do you influence someone uh, i mean that's the question that most of us get it's like oh because like let me say um if like someone sees something online and it's like a nice piece of clothing and then just tag the brand and then you know you can also earn money from like people buying it via a link or something ah. yeah so that's i mean that's my definition of it yeah. <laughs> yeah cool cool job yeah okay so at the end of this we'll have to give your um your social media yeah. Uh, Twitter and Instagram and all that stuff out so people can follow you okay, and uh, be influenced. Yeah. <laughs> so we came across you, Victoria. We've met you um, uh, through Siblings Together. Yeah. That's right. So we're doing a- an episode a- about sibling contact. So tell me your involvement with Siblings Together, if you don't mind. Um, well, I mean, I just um, attend like, the activities with my siblings and stuff. Yeah, and I um, enjoy it. I mean, it's a really good thing because like, most of us, I mean, it's a good way for us to get together. So, yeah. How often do you guys get together? Um, so every third Saturday of the month. And then, like, we, yeah, we just do, like, various activities and stuff, yeah. That decision to see each other every third Saturday, who made that decision? That's um, social workers and stuff. Obviously, we have our outside contact, but, I mean, siblings together, so we do that every third Saturday. 
And can you have any contact with your siblings not in those times? Um, yeah, we do, yeah. So, um, what's that? Um, well, like supervised contact or just contact arranged with their like carers and stuff. So, yeah. And when you say supervised contact, there are some people that are going to be listening that might not know what that means. Can you okay. tell us what that is? Um, so, like, in a centre, there's normally, like, a family centre and, you know, just three people supervise it. So it's either with, like, our parents or just siblings contact without them. So, right. yeah, that's basically what it is. What do those centres look like? I mean, it's, well, it looks something like a home, I suppose. Like, it's not as scary as it sounds, yeah. But um, it's, like, it's a nice environment, yeah. So it doesn't seem, like, forced. Yeah. And how much time do you get together on those, those um, days? Two hours, actually, yeah, so... Do you get a say in the level of contact you have with your brothers and sisters? Yeah, we do, yeah. Um, so, obviously, we just speak through our personal advisors if you're over 18, and then social workers, so we have a good relationship with them as well. And is so it, it easy? It easy. Yeah, yeah, it's so easy. It's... it's easy to contact them and stuff, so... And is it easy to change the amount of time if you want to? Um, yeah, it is as well, yeah, so through the um, social workers as well. And how long has this been going on for you in your in your sibling group that you've had contact in this way? What um siblings are well? Yeah. Actually, what well, I've been doing it for about let me say three years actually. Oh wow, yeah. <laughs> no, actually no, sixteen. Well, I'm twenty one now, so that's four years. Yeah. Four years, right? <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it's it's actually like I really enjoyed it. Like I feel like it's actually the best thing that I've done. Yeah. Because I mean, um, obviously we we're not just sitting in a building doing something. We're actually going out and still having fun together. So yeah. So tell me what really... it feels like when you guys get together. Um, I mean, it's just normal because um, all of us like <laughs> we I don't know we just really enjoy it like when we're around each other and yeah we just have so much fun. Like, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> When social workers are making plans around contact, what kind of things do you think they need to consider? Um, probably like outside things that we do, because obviously, well, I'm over 18, so it's like I work and stuff, but I'm um, just like strong communication so I can plan in advance. It sounds to me like you prefer the, the kind of activity setting rather than the kind of the, the contact yeah, centre. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What What does it feel like when you're in that contact centre? Is it what makes it different? In like in contact centres, obviously you're being supervised, so it's like I feel like there's so many things that I feel like I can't do or say, and it's I don't know, it's awkward. <laughs> but rather than activities, it's like we're just free to do anything. Yeah. Yeah. Are you ever told there's things you can't say or do? Yeah. Uh-huh. In contact centres, yeah. And can you chat together on WhatsApp or anything? Have you got Have you got that? Yeah, and then phone calls or video calls. Yeah. 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 Oh, you do video calls too. I'm so yeah. I'm a dinosaur. I'm a dinosaur. We used to write letters when I was doing it. <laughs> like letterbox contact you have like video calls yeah and do you look forward to that yeah i do yeah why do you think is it important that we keep siblings in contact if they've not been placed together in care um well i mean it keeps the relationship because you don't want us to become distant especially when you're from a big family which i'm from as well so um it just yeah it promotes contact and then keeps the relationship strong yeah so when you when you all leave care do you think it's gonna have been a good thing to have had that in place all, all the way through um yeah it's yeah because um i mean obviously i feel like when um people leave care it's like they probably feel like contact is not the same and they probably aren't able to see them but um i mean yeah back to siblings together i feel like it's just the thing where it's promoted that any age you know you can still come so so you, you talked a bit about the activities you do at siblings together can you tell me some of them um, yeah, it varies. I mean, we've done like canoeing. There's been trips to like theme parks. Um, cool. Yeah, um, cinema, theatre. Like, there's been a lot. Yeah. Thinking about your time in care in general, Victoria, uh, what what were the good things? What worked for you? Um, I mean, just having you know like social workers there and just supportive like carers. Like most of them. I mean, sometimes it's like you feel like you're just living there just because you have to, rather than it being like a family structure thing. So I mean, I prefer family structure. 
So it makes you feel a bit more confident. And So yeah. the quality of the relationships then yeah. sounds key. Yeah. Was there anything that wasn't good that didn't work? Um, probably, I mean, sometimes I didn't get along with the people. <laughs> also, like with the social workers as well, sometimes we didn't really contact, so it felt like I couldn't really speak to anyone. Like not enough contact from the from Yeah, the, from, from the social, social workers. workers, yeah. Do you think young people should talk about their experience of being in care or do you think it's something they, they should keep private what do you think um they should because i feel like it shouldn't really be looked at like a taboo subject because you know it, i mean if you decide to but i feel like it should be spoken about yeah, I, yeah everyone's different but there's nothing to be ashamed of right? yeah no, definitely yeah it's, it's nice to talk about it and hear people hear, hear people's experiences yeah when you look back of your time in care are there any moments where you've been really proud of yourself um yeah i mean my behavior changed actually i feel like um once you have like a support system because um, i feel like i wasn't the best behaved but like um when you like have people that are there just to guide you and then I feel like I've just matured. Uh-huh. So, yeah. So, when you say you weren't the best behaved, what does that mean? What <laughs> like, does that look like? Victoria? I was just naughty, like, used to talk <laughs> back and just misbehave and, yeah, just be rude. But I feel like as I got older, I was like, you know what? I can't really do that. But um, having the people there just saying, oh, it's not really good to do that, just made me feel like I had to change. And, yeah, but now. And you're proud of that to, yeah. to have changed? Yeah. Has that change in behaviour helped you with things like work? Yeah, definitely, yeah. Because um, I feel like if I was the same person then, I probably wouldn't be in the job I am now. And when you think about the future, like, what are your plans? Have, just, have you got an idea, like, what you want to do in terms of, like, developing the social media? Um, yeah, definitely, actually. Yeah, I really want to do that. Because that's how I want to do that um, full-time. Because, obviously, I work part-time and then do that part-time. But as I start growing the social media, I want to do that full-time. So, looking forward to that. Did you get enough support when you were uh, looking for work? Um, yeah, I did actually. Yeah, through well, um, I think more so when I was about seventeen. Mm-hmm. But obviously, like I was independent then, so I just looked for myself. But it was always promoted that I should um, look for work and stuff. And what was your journey? So, you did, were you in foster care for a while and then into independent living? Yeah. And what when you say independent living, just to, uh, describe that to me. Um, well, well, semi independent actually, um, supported uh-huh. lodging. So just it's like a family home, and then I have like my room or bathroom to myself or I share the family kitchen and bathroom yeah but um it's just obviously promoting independence and stuff so well you're still in a um family so it's not as if you're just living there because you have to but it's yeah I prefer that actually yeah why did you prefer it what was what what made it um I feel like because I came from a family structure then just moving straight on to just independence was kind of a big jump for me and I'd rather do that yeah I think yeah. it's a big jump for anyone just yeah. to suddenly like start living on your own yeah because I thought um some people like they can live by themselves but I mean for me because I prefer family structure so what were the skills you think you needed when like to live independently um well obviously budgeting I need to work on that <laughs> um, <laughs> definitely um yeah budgeting like just being able to like buy your own stuff and yeah mainly budgeting actually <laughs> yeah. what about cooking um yeah cooking actually I can't forget that yeah <laughs> yeah I do cook um yeah cooking I mean yeah those are basically the three main things so cooking budgeting and like having a job actually as well because then it actually helps you to budget more and what kind of stuff do you cook um <laughs> um I mean anything I can't really like I'll cook basic things I'm trying to like improve my cuisine and stuff my my yeah. cooking repertoire is pretty narrow yeah. I can't be honest Victoria I can make spaghetti bolognese yeah so can I that's it yeah. <laughs> Any day of the week, if you come round, that's that's what's on the table. (laughs) Cool, Victoria, thank you so much for our chat. It's been a real pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. If people wanted to find you on social media, where should they look? Um, So Instagram at Victoria Obiago, and then you spell it. So Victoria and then O-B-I-A-G-O. Got it. And then Twitter, Vicky Snap, so V-I-C-K-I-S-N-A-P. 
Yeah. Brilliant. And so we can see your your glittering, advancing social media influencer <laughs> yeah. career. Yeah. So we'll see lots of this is a paid partnership. <laughs> yeah. You'll be yeah. on holidays. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Cruises. Soon. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, Victoria, thank you so much again. Right, and we you. wish you all the best. It's all been right. a pleasure to get to know you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. For more stories, experiences and advice from others in care, visit imohub.org.uk. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at imo underscore latest.